It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, Joel? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademade Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day guys, welcome to episode 171 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Bit of a random one, giving, uh, given that it's just me talking to you. Um, the reason for this is because I just generally struggling to get content out for you guys, for Trademate Sports. So I thought the quickest way, the most effective way to just try and get you know, some kind of content out here and there was to do it in the most time savvy way, which is kind of, um, I guess, experimenting with what I'm doing right now. So I guess this is like some kind of monologue or general thoughts on a, on a certain topic. Um, obviously, I would love to be talking about a topic like this with someone else like we normally do on the podcast, whether that be a regular guest coming on or perhaps this question would somehow come up with a with a new, with a new guest, um, but I, this is something I've I've actually been thinking of for quite a long time. Kind of a, um, just I don't really get involved too much with the general kind of conversations on Twitter when it comes to sports betting, for for multiple reasons. I think mostly because I think you can just go down such a rabbit hole. You don't really know these people you're talking to most of the time. Um, it's pretty hard to get your point across on Twitter without sounding like an asshole sometimes. Um, and you can you can just you just what can waste a lot of time. And I don't, might just be myself, but I get very emotionally invested in um, in, in certain sports betting discussions, and I just don't want to be spending my day constantly replying or talking to someone that may really have no idea about how sports betting works um, and it just gets me way too emotionally invested, ruins my day, or no, not ruins your day, but it makes you uh, a lot less productive. So I've been thinking that maybe the best way, considering my, uh, yeah, my lack of time when it comes to doing content these days, why not marry the two up of... Uh, struggling with getting involved in online Twitter, whatever you might be involved in some sort of Discord or Slack channel or whatever. Why not marry the two up and anytime I see something on Twitter that I dislike or I think is interesting or um, yeah, brings up a certain topic, why don't I just chuck on the old record and, uh, and talk about it. You guys can hear my thoughts on a certain issue. Uh, obviously, you can message me and say what you think about it or, um, or whatever. But um, yeah, I thought this might be a, at least get at some sort of content for you guys. Um, and at the same time, I myself can get involved in some of these uh, Twitter topics. So today I wanted to go through a tweet that I saw two days ago that um, I was unbelievably close to replying to because it, uh, um, yeah, it was, I just didn't really, I don't really like it at all. Um, and then the next day I saw um, the great Ryan Bruno, smart sports trader who's been on the podcast a number of times. He kind of went back at this person with his reply, which I was happy with because I thought at least someone's defending the other side of the argument. Um, but I think this is just in general, 
uh, just a good good way to start because uh, it was one that I wanted to get involved in, but I knew that I could go down the quite a rabbit hole. And I think uh, Smart Sports Trader did a great job at, at replying to this. And maybe he went down a little rabbit hole himself, or probably handled it a lot better than I would have. But um, let's uh, let's read out the tweet. So I'm not going to say who it's from because uh, I don't really want to be a person that's like calling out these people. I'm also just want to like treat this as some kind of educational discussion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If I doubt this person listens to the podcast anyway, but if they do. Happy to mention you at a later date, but I just don't want to um, create any sort of drama or whatever. Um, so this this tweet is, uh, and it, and it, I think the biggest reason I it probably frustrates me a bit is that it comes from a big account, like a eight thousand followers. So it's like if you're saying this and you've got a hundred followers, then I'm probably not going to get too upset because um, it's not going to be received by many people but 8,000 followers like you're influencing a lot of people and this person is also you know selling selling bets or he tips he's a tipster so it's like you're giving information to people who follow you who look up to you who follow you know follow your bets think well you're obviously very good at what you do I would assume um, so they're going to take your advice very seriously and I think that's a that's a uh, that's a problem so anyway here's the tweet you ain't gonna get rich saving units I've lost about eight eight bankrolls lucky I was a kid when I got in so I could afford it depends what you want to do with this if you definitely have an edge you got to rape it for as long as you can if you want to get paid and it's two more threads or you can do it just do it for some money on the side or you can do it for fun recreationally all depends on what you want to do with it and what level of gambler you are at which is very important one thing for certain though is big risks uh, for big rewards it's all about big risks for big rewards in this game it's a dangerous game though and I don't like putting that message out all the time since people can get fucked but fact is fact and reality is reality. He who dares Rodney. So Connor redeems himself in some kind of way by saying, you know, or you can do this for some money on the side recreationally. But just the way this is all phrased, phrased it makes it sound like the only way you're going to get rich from sports betting, obviously dependent on what you, what, you know, what you think is rich. He makes it sound like the only way you can get rich is by being very risky, which is complete bull. It is just not correct at all. Um, obviously, if you, if you are extremely risky and it works out for you, then yes, you will get very rich very quick, quickly. But we are talking about a mathematical the mathematical probability of that happening happening if you're unbelievably risky let's just say maybe you're betting 10% 20% or more on every single bet of your bankroll you will lose all your money most likely that is going to happen because you will get a stretch where you will lose 5 to 10 bets in a row most likely that will happen eventually 
So you're also not going to get rich or you're not even going to get close to rich risking risking it all. And obviously this is a very ambiguous tweet. This person could be saying, you know, you should be risking 2 2% of your bankroll on every bet. But I'm assuming considering they've this person's lost eight bankrolls, eight bankrolls. That is a lot of bankrolls. Like I've never lost one bankroll in my betting career. And I've obviously I've had bankroll management, but I am not even close to the um, I'm not even close to a risk adverse person when it comes to sports betting. I know lots of people that are, will not get involved in any kind of risk close to what I do. I'm always betting my high. I'm always betting on high odds ranges, like huge odds odds ranges, which generally means you're going to have lots of variance. Obviously, as I said before, my bankroll management is good. I can, you know, I'm not going to go broke most likely, but to lose eight bankrolls, that means you are you are most likely not you're not you're not you're using any kind of bankroll management. So I would assume this person is probably staking at the very least probably ten percent of his bankroll on average on every bet. That's just a, a wild guess. Maybe maybe five, seven, eight percent, not too sure. Or maybe they just have no edge, potentially. Anyway, um, or at least back in the day they didn't. So to say that you... <laughs> yeah, I guess my biggest issue is that it makes it sound like that it's impossible to get rich from sports betting by being risk adverse, by saving units, etc., etc., which is complete bull. I've never, ever, ever the last... Um, I guess I've been doing this uh, not professionally, but I would say uh, I've been a plus EV better since um, 2018, I believe, if I've got my... Uh, no, that's wrong. 2019, I think. Yeah, 2019. I would say I've been a plus EV better since 2019. So that's four years if I've got my math right, probably less than four years. Um, and sorry, I've lost my train of thought a little bit here. Yes, I've been a, a plus EV better for the last four years and I've never gambled more than 2% of my bankroll. Never, ever. Unless it was maybe a mistake. Or maybe I was doing match betting or something like that. I've never gambled more than 2% of my bankroll. And I started from a thousand US dollars. Some of you may remember my first ever video I did for Trademate Sports. My journey from one uh, my journey to from 1k to 2k, um, doubling my bankroll essentially. So I've started from 1,000 US dollars and slowly over time I've added to that to the point where I, over the last, it's probably been three and a half years overall, three and a half years, I've taken my bankroll whilst also paying myself at the same time when I became a professional about two years ago or a year and a half ago, whatever that was. 
I've taken a bankroll of 1,000 US dollars all the way up to 100,000 Australian dollars. So that's a bit of a difference between Australian dollars, US dollars, pounds and all that sort of stuff. Um, whilst paying myself at the same time. And I've never ever staked more than 2% of my bankroll at that time. So, and I would consider myself not rich, but considering I've only been doing this professionally for a year and a half, and I've managed to get it up to that point without being overly risky, I think that kind of goes against exactly what this person's saying. Especially since now that I've got my bankroll up to $100,000, I can now go from 100 to 200 a lot easier than it was for me because it all works exponentially as long as you're staking according to your bankroll. So I, as long as I have the exact same edges as I've had the last couple of years, it's going to happen a lot quickly for me to get from 100 to 200 than it was to get from 0 to 100. 1,000 to 100. And I would say if I can get my bankroll to $200,000, stake appropriately, etc., etc., maybe take a little less risk, I'm going to be living pretty comfortably if I continue having the same edges. I would call that, maybe I would call that getting rich if I got my bankroll up to that and I had a decent ROI, able to cash in, pay myself every time I um, hit a certain number of profit. That would maybe be my definition of rich, maybe a little bit longer. But I just think for an account that has, you know, 8,000 followers or whatever this is, to make it sound like it's um, normal to lose eight bankrolls and that's, um, and that's par for the course or, you know, par for the course if you want to get rich from sports betting, that these are the kind of risks you have to take, is complete bull. You can do exactly the way I've done it and in, let's just say, 10 years after you've done this on the side for a bit or five years, you can do this on doing it on the side for a bit, you can substantially change your life. I mean, look at... Um, Jonas, for example, he he took his bankroll, was it $10,000 from memory, to $1 million in a year just through, you know, sheer hard work um, and turning over his money constantly. I guarantee you he didn't lose eight bankrolls or he, he didn't um, start risking way too much. I think he, he'll... he'll um, He'll admit that he had a, a bit of run good here and there most of the time, but but still, let's just say if he got from ten thousand to five hundred thousand in one year, like <laughs> that's pretty rich. That, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. <laughs> so anyway, breaking down this tweet just a little bit more, I think he makes sense when he said lucky he was a kid. So maybe you can take a little bit more risk if you're happy to. You know when you don't have any you know, kids to look after or, um, you know, many responsibilities. But, and yes, you need to take advantage of your edge for as long as possible. If you want to make money in this business, that's of course, but that doesn't mean you become an idiot. You could have a 15% edge 
against the market. My my lifetime my lifetime record on on MMA props is fourteen percent, but I have gone through some hellish hellish bad runs, some very very bad bad runs. So you could have an edge as big as ten percent and still lose all of your bankroll if you're not if you're too careless. Um, also mentions it kind of depends on what you want to do, what kind of level you level gambler you are. No matter what level of gambling you're at, you should never. You sh you, sh you need to as long as you want to do this seriously, you need to adhere to bankroll management, or you will go broke. You will lose eight bankrolls, like this person is saying. Um, I think that's 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 all I, I I really need to say on this. Like. As I, as I've said, I am I am not risk adverse at all compared to a lot of people that I know. I bet on golf, which is just about the most variant sport you could probably bet on. When I'm betting on MMA, I'm rarely betting on prop markets that are. I think my average odds on prop markets is like three point three or something like that. So it's not like I'm dealing with a low odds range there. So I'm not risk adverse at all, but I just want to, I think this is just, uh, yeah, something that I wanted to get off my chest. And obviously what I said today, you can't really text that out to someone on Twitter without sounding like an asshole most likely. So maybe if I word it like this and do a podcast like this, people will, uh, um, it just makes it more educational for everyone, I think. But yeah, just, uh, I think that's all I really wanted to, to say on this on this topic. But um, yeah, make sure bankroll management adhere to a staking plan. That I think we've talked about it many a times on the on the podcast. I would never stake more than two percent of your bankroll. Kelly Criterion is a good one to follow. Thirty percent probably don't want to go higher than that of the Kelly Criterion. You can also do level staking. Um, you know, betting to win one unit, flat staking if you want to, but in general, you want to be betting. Your max bet should always be on a low odds range and a huge edge. That's generally how how, how sports betting works. And as I said, I would never bet more than two percent of your bankroll. So, as <laughs> yeah. Considering this person has lost their bankroll eight times, I would say probably not the best person to listen to in terms of how to get rich from sports betting. They've obviously made some serious mistakes. They've obviously been very careless with their bankroll management. So, um, yeah, that's all I really have to say. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Let me know if you did enjoy this kind of style podcast. So I can do some more later down the line when a, a tweet, another tweet comes up or a topic pops up in my mind that I, I'm you know, passionate about or whatever. But um, yeah, in the meantime, let me know what you thought of it. If you thought it was crap, please let me know and I won't waste my time or your time, etc., etc. Cheers, guys.